Hey there, it's Bailey Hancock, career happiness strategist, creator of The One Year Career, and your host of The Bailey Hancock Show, a podcast that helps people figure out how to make big career moves with small steps. Navigating your career doesn't have to suck. I'm here to help you learn to love the process. Hey guys, Bailey here. It's a solo episode today, so you're just getting me, and I thought I'd do a little something different today. So some of you may know, I, I maybe I bring it up in some of these conversations and I talk about it on Instagram, but I pretty much write in a notebook just about every day. And I do this both in a professional setting. So when I'm at work, when I'm working on things, I'll make notes, I'll make to-do lists, all of that, I'll write down ideas. But I also do it in the morning when I do my mindfulness practice, which I'll be honest, does not happen every single day. I wish it did, but life. Um, but when I do, I generally, the framework is I'll do about 15 minutes worth of meditation and then I'll just free write in my notebook. And I'm always just as surprised at what comes out as somebody reading it. And over the years, I've saved all of these notebooks, obviously. But what generally happens is I'll finish one and then I'll stick it on my bookcase and I'll, for some reason, randomly, you know, months or years later, pull it out and open to a page and generally be shocked with what I read because. What usually happens is either that thing has come to be, whatever that initial idea or thought was, or I'll realize that, oh my God, that was the moment that that initial thought came to me. And I would have forgotten about that moment entirely. And so these notebooks are a very valuable part of my life. And they're definitely the thing that if my house was on fire, I would absolutely grab because it's my brain and it's my heart on paper. And it's really cool to see my own personal evolution through these notebooks. So what I thought I would do today is share some of the writings across the last few years from these notebooks. I recently had a disaster on my bookcase where said notebooks live. I had this amazing snow globe that my friend Jillian gave to me when I left Tampa for LA. And somehow the other day I knocked it over and I still have no idea how this happened. It's very heavy, but I knocked it over and it shattered. And it wasn't until that moment that I realized that snow globes are just glitter water. Uh, and let me tell you how gross that is to clean up. So it was a mess. But what I was mostly afraid of was, oh my God, my notebooks are going to be covered in water and I'm not going to be able to read them. And it was a huge disaster, but I was able to salvage all of them. Yes, some of them now have dried glitter water on them, but hey, that's life. So it made me realize I, of course, started going down the rabbit hole of reading these various notebooks, which is what happens. And I found a couple passages that I was like, oh, wow, huh, interesting, interesting self. So I thought in the interest of continuing the vulnerability that I seem to be on these days, I would share with you a couple of passages. So the first one is from April 23rd, 2016. And these don't all have a clear purpose. So perhaps they'll mean something to you. Maybe they won't. Feel free to skip this episode if you're like, uh, Bailey, I would just like some tangible career advice. Thanks. Maybe not. Um, but if you're into it, keep listening. I hope they mean something. They certainly meant something at the time to me. And even now, they, they mean a little bit more. So first one, April 23rd, 2016. There was a brief moment where I thought I had it wrong this whole time. That following your passion was the wrong way to go about finding career happiness. I questioned everything I knew to be true. Then I realized following your passion is only one third of the equation. The base of the career happiness equation is analyzing your strengths, what you can do well without much effort. That's the key to what role you should pursue. Then you layer in your passions and your interests. 
They help you find the industry that you'd be excited about working in. Finally, you figure out what motivates you. Money, autonomy, praise, teamwork, freedom, etc. That helps you find a company culture, which fits the other two. I was so close the whole time, but just off enough that I felt disappointed when it wasn't coming together. This isn't to say that I have all the answers now, but I do feel a little closer to seeing the big picture. I'm my own guinea pig for this career experiment, in quotes. I will always practice what I preach, walk my walk. If this book turns into my unicorn career, so be it. Or if it ends up being something that scratches the writing or speaking itch only, I'm cool with that too. But I don't often feel this strong about something. We'll see what happens next. So some context to April 23rd, 2016. I was very much still in the job that I absolutely hated. That was a terrible fit for me. And the career experiment had started to emerge as a thing that I was using to help me figure out what to do next. It was very much in this notebook here that I was just doing a brain dump constantly of what is this thing that keeps emerging. And this passage in particular seems to be when it kind of became clear for me. And I had been teaching the workshop one or two times before this, but I, I feel like it was kind of a jumbled mess of ideas. This moment really shows the clarity that came after about six months or so of really thinking this idea through. And so this, this is a kind of pivotal moment. This was about one month before I taught the career experiment for the first time at the Unique Camp. And at the time, I was still planning to write this as a book, which is not in the too far future, I think, for me, but it has definitely evolved since then. So now we fast forward four months on April, or sorry, August 22nd, 2017. This seems to be just a miscellaneous thought I had in one of my morning mindfulness sessions. It's titled Change and Growth. Changing is the whole point. When you're close to the change, it's difficult to see how much different you or your kids, plant, spouse have become. If you're not there for the daily spurts, adjustments, etc., the change feels much more drastic than it may be in actuality. Alternatively, being so close to the change can keep you from seeing how great of a distance you've gone in a relatively short amount of time. We're all changing. It's just a matter of how close you are to the change, whether you notice it or not. Don't know what that was all about, but thought I'd share. <laughs> the next one is from October 9th, 2017, so about a month and a half after that one. I get it. We're here to understand our why. I know mine. It's to learn, digest, teach, and inspire. It's to show how working with one another and having empathy for others can change the entire world for the better. It's to lift others up and help them remember who they really are and why they're here. It's to give endless love and inspiration to everyone around me. I am love. We are love. That's the whole damn point. Ooh, that one was a deep one. <laughs> okay, we have one month later on November 10th, 2017. You don't know going into this what your why will be. You may have an idea or an inkling as to what your why will have been once it's finished. You can choose to think that you're just a piece of the machine here to keep things running as they always have. Or you can choose to think that you're a whole new machine or something else entirely. The point is, you get to choose either way. We're definitely not just here to survive, though. That I'm sure of. Why are you? Mm, another deep thought from daily in the morning. <laughs> 
This is from November 20th, 2017, 10 days later. Relying on your network to help you throughout your career is like hitchhiking across the country. Sure, you could walk the whole way, but not only is that lonely, it'll take way longer. When you find yourself in the driver's seat, be on the lookout for those walking along the side of the road who, whether they ask for it or not, might need a ride to wherever they're going. The best situation, carpool. Get yourself some road trip buddies to take the journey with. I think we know my love of collaborating with others to succeed at all the things. And I think this was, this was last November. So this was probably the first time I really put pen to paper on that concept of, oh, yeah, if we all help each other throughout our careers, we can get so much farther so much faster. And that's something that's really emerged as a big concept in my personal life and in my business for the last, you know, six months to a year. All right, next up, we have a passage from three days later, November 23rd. And November of last year, I was on one. I must have been doing lots of morning mindfulness back then. The one-year career isn't just a strategy. It's a movement. A movement towards the new way of work, contributing your gifts and talents to the whole world in a way that motivates you and inspires you in an environment that nurtures and respects you as an ever-changing human. The only certainty is uncertainty. So rather than trying to cling desperately to an old broken system that serves almost nobody, loosen your grip on the steering wheel and enjoy the ride. You can change, and you will change, more than you know. Follow that evolution and leverage it to bring you Bring the you of yesterday as well as the you of today to the table. The world needs you, but not the routine, monotonous version you give to corporate America. No. The you who shows up, brings their highest and most enthusiastic self, and leaves the dent in the world that they so desperately want to make. Why are you? I seem to like that why are you statement when I'm doing these morning mindfulness pages. Some of these are... Well, I would say the majority of these passages are far more manifesty and motivational in scope. And something I'll say for myself is when I'm in a flow, when I'm feeling really connected, when I'm feeling like I just get life, my journals, my notebooks are often me talking to myself. And those are some of the best thoughts I have when I'm kind of motivating myself and I'm ramping myself up for this new idea that's being birthed that I, I didn't really know I even had until I put pen to paper. So I think it's so important for us to write out the feelings we have, write out the thoughts that we have, because you just don't know where they're going to lead. And until you give life to them, until you put them onto a physical piece of paper, they'll remain in your mind and they don't really do anybody any good there. November 24th, 2017. This one is very manifesty, so manifesto-y, I should say. The world has changed significantly since the modern way of work was established. We already acknowledge that in some capacity. The four-hour work week and entrepreneurs among us get it. They understand that the system doesn't work for everyone, so they opted out. The rest of us, however, tip our hats to those daring souls while we drive into our regimented nine-to-five day jobs, probably feeling ongoing anxiety, boredom, and unfulfillment. We incorrectly assume that the working world is changing, but only for other people. So we go on, moving through our career as people always have, but unlike our grandparents, we know there's a better way. This disconnect leads to the professional unhappiness that's so pervasive in our culture today. So what's to be done? We move past the acknowledgement phase and take action. 
We dump everything we know to be true about work and careers and livelihoods onto the table, and we pluck out only the pieces that serve us as we are today. We give deep thought to what we want this life of ours to mean. We think past the superfluous perks and shallow rewards and dig into why we're here. What you do does not define who you are. What you do defines why you are. We start to figure out why we are. We identify how we want to spend our days right now, not 30 years into the future. We decide how we want to pay our bills now, not later. There can and should be many answers to those questions. It's on us to pluck out the answer that fills us with the most excitement right now. Then we begin to strategize, plan, and engage. We dream big, get excited, and put pen to paper. We get other people around us on board. We make our lists of the things we need to learn, experiences we need to gain, the skills we need to sharpen, and the people we need to meet in order to have the career we want. Then we take step one. We don't need to know every step, just the first few. We move forward into the direction of what we guess will make us happy, fulfilled, and excited. And along the way, we adjust, we tweak, we iterate. We continue to follow our curiosities, our instincts, and our needs. We acknowledge our evolution and our need for change and growth. We don't get stuck on the past, on the path that past us laid out, not fully knowing who we'd be today or in the days to come. We live and communicate with transparency, honesty, openness with those around us, like our colleagues, superiors, and mentors. There's no more living and dealing with monotony and stagnation. We're on this ride to fulfillment and career happiness together. We enlist the support of those in positions to help us and provide the support to those we're able to give to those around us. We're all better when we're creating and managing things that we give a shit about. The world needs us to do our best work. No more showing up, punching a clock, pushing a boulder up the hill that we don't even care about. No, no more. We embrace the now, we embrace the new work reality. We vow to show up and co-create alongside the others who have decided to lean into it as well. We investigate our desires, gifts, and abilities, and we move toward that desired destination. Rinse and repeat forever. We get to continuously reinvent and refine ourselves throughout our careers. How lucky are we that we're never stuck in something that doesn't feel great? Very lucky. So go, dig deep, make a plan, start moving, refine, reinvent, follow your curiosity, and realize that holy shit, you love your career, and more importantly, your life. Yeah, I feel that. That was November of last year. So this was right around the time that the one-year career was emerging as the phase two of the career experiment. And I think that manifesto just there was really the basis for why I did the one-year career. It was really to provide a strategy for people to put one foot in front of the other, to make shit happen in their lives, to stop putting up with monotony and bullshit that doesn't feel good for them professionally. I stand by the fact that if everybody loved what they did or at least didn't hate it, this world would be a significantly happier place. And that's been my motto ever since. And so the last year, not even, we're in what, July? The last eight months or so has been me really trying to get that out into the world and share that message with people because when you don't give the world what you've got, when you don't share what you have with the world, when you don't bring your A game to the table, you're being selfish. And nobody wants to feel selfish, but that's what's happening. You're being selfish with your gifts and your talents and your love and your joy and your positivity, and you're keeping it in a place that you might not even realize you have. 
And that's not the way to go about life. It's not the way to go about being somebody in other people's lives. I have this theory that's still kind of emerging. It's not fully founded yet, but this theory that the reason why fast food is so bad for us is because the people serving it and making it are so miserable in their jobs. The reason the DMV sucks so bad is because the people that work there hate doing it. I mean, think about that. Now think about situations where people love their jobs. Think about Disneyland. Everybody that works there is obsessed with Disneyland and it just shines through, it exudes through and it just, you can't help but catch that feeling of happiness and positivity and excitement. And so think about that with your own life. If you're not exuding any of those amazing feelings, what can you do to fix that? Because the world needs those feelings. My God, right now the world needs so many good feelings. It's depressing most days. But the reason why I keep getting up and doing what I do is because when I do what I do, when I teach people, when I speak in front of rooms, when I do this podcast, when I write, I feel so good that I know it exudes through the microphone. It comes across the stage. It comes through my Instagram posts, as stupid as that sounds. And I hope and I kind of know that it makes a difference for at least a few people. And that's the whole point in all of this. So, oh, I've got one. I've got two more. I thought I was done here. Uh, this one's interesting. This was just from, I guess, two weeks ago. Um, and it's one of those entries into my notebook where I'm, I'm projecting, I'm manifesting, I'm writing what I want to happen in a, in a, a now perspective. So writing it as if it's already happened. Um, so these are bullet points. This is not a fully thought out statement. <clears throat> I am on, let's start over. I am on fire because I've walked through it and come out alive. I'm empowered and therefore I empower. Nothing is contrived or inauthentic. I speak and teach from a deep place of honesty, vulnerability, and integrity. I always seem to meet the right people who want me to help them in their life and who need who I can use in mine. Everything I want, I have. I get to experience the excitement and beauty of the world with my friends and family. Nothing shakes me because my center is calm and confident. Life is bursting with joy. And most of those things are already true, but they can always be better. And here's the final entry I will leave you with. The other day at Boss Ladies, which I've talked about before, but essentially Boss Ladies is a community of female entrepreneurs who come together four times a month for work sesh. We are open and vulnerable, but we also help each other with our businesses and support one another. It's a lovely community that honestly has kept me going in many months of entrepreneurship when I probably would have quit. We did a writing prompt um, by the two women that run the company Blue Sky Black Sheep. And the writing prompt was simple. It was given to all of us, and then we were given 17 minutes to write about it. And the prompt was, now I become the one who. And then we all went off on our own, wrote whatever came out, and then came back and shared. And I didn't know what I was going to write. I never do until I sit down and do it. Honestly, I never know what I'm going to say on this podcast until I start talking. And I don't edit them. So that's why there's mistakes sometimes and things aren't always fully formed when they come out of my mouth. But you know what? I'm a person, and I'm just trying to get out into the world. So I'm going to read you what I wrote for that. Now I become the one who. It's very manifesto-y, but I think this speaks to what I'm feeling, what a lot of my friends are feeling in the world right now of us needing to do something. Okay, here it goes. 
Now I become the one who leads the charge, speaks when others can't, holds the hands of the ones who haven't yet discovered their bravery. Thoughts become words, words become actions, actions become movements, and movements become evolution. Together is where we drive expansion and understanding, not apart. My gifts, your strengths, our magic combined, will move humanity to the next level. It's my duty and honor to step from the pack and volunteer to take the first step. With innate bravery and privilege comes responsibility to engage and gather. To remain small and quiet is to deny a call that's grown from a whisper to a roar. I can't pretend to not hear it or use the excuse of lack of clarity to shirk my responsibilities any longer. I know it needs to be done, whether I feel ready or qualified or emboldened enough to follow through. We are here, now, together, not, become, not because of some omniscient random, randomness. We all opted in and raised our hand long ago. Our number has been called, and it's time we step forward from the crowd, raise our hand, and say, now I am the one who leads the charge. We march at dawn. <laughs> the we march at dawn part cracks me up even, and I wrote it. Um, so there you go. Uh, this was a different kind of episode and, you know, maybe you'll hate it. Maybe you'll love it. Please tell me if you listen and you, you have feelings about this, send me a message on Instagram. Um, but I appreciate you for listening. If you've made it this far, thank you. I do this podcast because of the people listening. I could talk to myself and not record it all day long, but it kind of takes a little bit of guts and bravery to put it on recording because once it's out there, it's out there forever. And that's a little bit terrifying. But I do it because it feels really good to me to share and to have people on who have wisdom and knowledge that I think is amazing and I personally use in my own life and hope that you get something out of too. And I continue to do the podcast because of the people that write to me and say, this helped them, or they really loved this episode, or this is their favorite part of driving into work on Monday. That blows my mind and explodes my heart. So if this podcast is doing it for you, always share with a friend. I love sharing podcasts that I love with friends because it's like you're gifting them something that means something to you and it might mean something for them. And for me, it just means there's more people that might get something out of this, which is the whole point in doing it. So I love you. I thank you. Um, and I hope you all have a really, really wonderful week. Talk soon. Bye.